For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Football won't be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for your sports betting needs. Head over to the website and use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to Olympic coverage, it's the best in the business. From sports, right down to your your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. BetterHelp is accustomed to online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Eagles Unfiltered listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Eagles. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Eagles, E-A-G-L-E-S. Take the time out, get your mental health in the right state of mind, and go to BetterHelp.com and get 10% off your first month by just listening to this podcast. That's BetterHelp.com slash Eagles. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. Hurts, Ethan, first down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and powered by betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. The NBA playoffs are waging on. It's time for you to earn some money. Use promo code Believe. Take a couple 50 bucks. They'll match up to 50% of your initial deposit as well. Win some money on betonline.ag with our promo code Believe. Connor Miles here with my co-host, Ed Kratz, as always. Ed. The rookies, rookie minicamp is started for the Eagles. A lot of rookies are coming in. The impact's being made known. Uh, the most impressive press conference of the rookie so far, I thought personally, was N'Kobe Dean's. Uh, the way he held himself, the way he's talked about his unexpected draft fall all the way to the third round. How he's handled those questions. How he's talked about the defense. And it already seems like the Eagles finally have their guy, the quarterback of the defense, for years to come with the way that N'Kobe Dean uh held himself together during that press conference. I wanted to hear what your thoughts were uh, sitting in that room, listening to him speak. Yeah. Well, very impressive. Um, you know, he, 
he doesn't like for confidence. That's for sure. It's a quiet confidence, um, you know, uh, and it's not a cockiness at all. Um, but you're, yeah, he, he, uh, he came across very well, you know, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, it was interesting to hear Brandon Graham. We had some of the vets, uh, you know, the 48 hours before the rookies reported. And he said, man, that, that guy's going to be flying sideline to sideline. And he can't wait to see what he can do for this defense. And, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how much he plays. I mean, we were just talking off air about how it's going to be hard to keep him out of the lineup because of what he can bring, his skill set. He's, he's good at covering, uh, you know, backs and tight ends. And, uh, you know, he can fly from sideline to sideline. He's got great instincts. He's a, you know, he's a quick leader or a, a, a very quick linebacker, and, and he's a good leader. Um, and, and those things are uh, – <laughs> everything that you want in your lineup. Now, you know, there was the question about his shoulder and he did have the torn labrum that he had operated on. I think that was in early 2021, but, um, you know, he got a clean bill of health when he took his physical, he participated in, you know, the two days of the rookie camp and, uh, he'll be back in town for OTAs as this month goes on. So, um, yeah, just really, I think just a, a great pick by the Eagles. And it's amazing that he fell to 83. I guess he was the 30, 83rd player taken overall. Um, that's shocking that he was there, but the Eagles will take it. They won't apologize. And you hope his shoulder stay, stays healthy because he's going to be a big addition to this defense. I mean, Jordan Hicks was very talented and, you know, I've drawn parallels between him and how he went in the third round, similar to Kobe Dean, but Jordan Davis never was the prospect. I mean, excuse me, uh, Jordan Hicks was never the prospector as had the pedigree that Kobe Dean had coming out of the draft. Um, the Eagles have not had a true leader from a linebacker like this since D'Amico Ryans, it seems like. It's, it feels like they finally got their quarterback of the defense for years to come. This is the guy that you want to have that green dot and to lead your team for years to come for that linebacker position. Uh, what also I think is interesting about him is the fact, like you're mentioning, he's sideline to sideline. Uh, the instincts are insane. Yeah. Just pop right off of you. That's why we were, what we were saying off air was the talent gap between Nicobe Dean and the rest of the Eagles linebackers is going to be catastrophic to the point where they say, we cannot put this guy on the field. We can't put Tavion Taylor on the field over this. I know that everybody's projecting these guys to penciling these guys into play together, but I think Kaiser White and Nicobe Dean are your linebackers of the future. I think the Davion Taylor experiment needs to end as soon as possible. To be honest with you, Ed, I was not a big fan. Uh, after going back and watching this last year film, the guy misses tackles like nobody else, no, no other. Can't well, teach he, a linebacker how to tackle, really. Right. Yeah. Got to be and, an instinct. And that's something that Taylor doesn't have because he never really played the game uh, as long, obviously, as Dean did. You know, Davion Taylor's story is well known. He didn't play because he was a uh, Seventh Day Adventist. So, you know, the Friday night football lights were spent uh, not on the football field. Um, so he didn't play in high school. And then he went to a junior college community college before going to Colorado. So his instincts, he doesn't have those natural instincts of just playing football because he hasn't done it as long as Nicobe Dean has. I mean, there's no question that Taylor has the athleticism that this team likes. Uh, he does need to learn to tackle better, but uh, you know, he's going to be a, a reserve on this team. And, you know, it's really funny how we got on Howie Roseman for not taking linebackers in the first round. Well, you know, they've got a, a, a really well-stocked cupboard of linebackers here to the point where you're going to see a lot of four linebackers on the field. You know, you can call it a 3-4 if you want, or they're just going to have the ability to play multiple fronts uh, with four linebackers 
you know, you could have stand-up guys on the edge like a Hassan Reddick uh, or, you know, a Kaiser White or anybody else that can come off that edge that you like. Um, and you have two stout linebackers, inside linebackers, and T.J. Edwards and the Kobe Dean. So, uh, you know, this is going to be a very, very interesting defense to watch uh, with, you know, the pieces that Jonathan Gannon now has at his side. Because I said all last year that when people said, you know, what's the matter with his defense? Why can't Gannon get it right? I was a big believer in the fact that he just didn't have the personnel to do what he wanted to do, and now he does. Uh, he's got a big nose tackle in Jordan Davis who can play anywhere on that line of scrimmage. And and that's another thing to like about N'Kobe Dean is him and Jordan Davis played together at Georgia. They won a national title together at the University of Georgia. They were two big cogs in that defensive wheel that helped the Bulldogs win a national title uh, last season. And now they're together. And they're good friends. They know how to play off of one another. And that's going to help them grow even quicker in whatever Jonathan Gannon throws at them. Not only that, I mean, I just don't think the Eagles have had a communicator linebacker really since D'Amico Ryans as that leader guy. And I, I think you're going to have that in Nicobe Dean. I think the most, the best example was I saw this clip of him telling his edge rusher, uh, I think his last name's Charlie. Anyways. He was telling him, you miss an assignment, do this, and you'll get there next time. And oh, the next yeah. play, he sacks the quarterback. Like, yeah. that's that's the type of guy we've the Eagles defense has been missing. You know, that type. I know Malcolm Jenkins was that type of leader for sure. But, I mean, you know, I, a lot of people like to point back to Jeremiah Trotter. But I, I'm telling you, D'Amico Ryans was along the same wavelengths. So it was just a poor time in the history for the Eagles with uh, the Chip Kelly debacle and Andy Reid's final years is where we really had D'Amico Ryans in that, in that mix. Uh, but I'm telling you, uh, this guy's going to be it for him. This is really it. This is the type of linebacker that they've needed for years that this this fan base has craved. I think they have that in Kobe Dean. And I think we're pretty much alluding to who we think is going to have the most impact of this rookie class, I would imagine. Yeah, he could. Um, you know, but I think Davis will have an impact. I think that, uh, you know, Cam Jurgens not so much. But I, I think that Grant, Grant Calcaterra could as well. I know a lot of people have kind of, you know, slough him off because, you know, the Eagles are pretty well stocked at tight end after uh, Dallas Goddard. But uh, I wouldn't. I think that would be a mistake. Yeah, I think Alcatara is going to contribute more than maybe people think right now as well because he had a good year at SMU. And, you know, this guy would have been, gosh, I don't know, if he didn't retire, he probably would have been, you know, maybe a second or third round pick. I don't know. I don't know where his career would have gone at Oklahoma, but, you know, he took that time off and that's the red flag that led him to drop. But he, you know, he's a very capable pass catcher. Uh, And, and, you know, I think he'll get chemistry at the quarterback. What's that? He has chemistry at the quarterback already. That's true. He's got, he's played with Hertz at at Oklahoma. So um, yeah, that's, that's another thing. I mean, that's, Uh that's what you like about this draft is, you know, they have, they took Davis and Dean, the guys with history. They have Hertz and Calcaterra who have a history. Um, and then they traded for A.J. Brown. And Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown have a history. So, you know, they brought in pieces that are familiar with one another, and that really helps team chemistry. I think tight end tunes is up in the air. Yeah. Stoles, I mean, you're blocking tight end. Tyree Jackson is becoming a fan favorite of the Paul Turner length of fan favorites because – you know, I love his measurables. We all do. Uh, but if you can't be on the field, you're not much of an asset to me. So uh, he's been having some two major injuries already. Uh, I know Kakatera has the concussions you have to worry about, but uh, I am I think he has a better shot of being tight end, too, than anyone else on the roster, to be honest with you. 
Uh, we'll see. He has to prove himself. Again, yeah. Six-round pick doesn't mean you, earn, you don't earn anything. But uh, yeah. I, I agree with you, though. I think the talent's there with him, and he already has the chemistry of the quarterback. If you want to run more two tight end sets this year, which is what I think you've alluded to that they wanted to do a little bit, a little bit more yeah. on yeah. previous and even episodes. 13, even some 13 personnel in there. You know, they'll run three tight end sets. We saw it last year. They got Jackson stolen. Got it on the field at the same time, you know, in certain packages. Um, but, you know, that's just, you know, we talk about the defensive flexibility Gannon has now. But, you know, Nick Sirianni has it on the offensive side of the ball with, you know, his two and three tight ends, you know, with Calcaterra in that mix. Uh, he got A.J. Brown, um, you know, with Devontae Smith. So you, now you have flexibility on the offensive side of the ball, too. And that's really going to going to help that side of the ball. So. Um, yeah, Calcaterra, though, I would say is probably a guy that you don't want to overlook in this rookie class. You know, and the Kobe Dean, you know, his presence kind of speaks for itself. We saw it at Georgia. You know, raise your hand if you saw SMU play any football at all last year. I know I really didn't. Uh, maybe you the did. The highlights I've seen from him are yeah. whatever they put on FO Network and then his Oklahoma highlights. Yeah, he, he looks legit. So, you know, he could be, you know, he could be the, the, uh, the second biggest standout in this rookie class at for a rookie in, in his rookie season, you know, behind the Kobe Dean. Now, you know, Jordan Davis will certainly have something to say about that. And, you know, I expect him to really clog up, you know, the middle and take two. And like Brandon Graham said, hopefully three defenders with him right. to open up some things. But uh, you know, don't don't overlook Calcaterra uh in this very slim down draft class that the Eagles put together with five picks. I mean Calcaterra could certainly be you know, right behind Dean and the impact that he'll make on the field this year. And then when you – I haven't really got a chance to talk to you since we're doing this now. Have you been on the field watching these camps, these rookie young camps unfold? Uh, we we had one, one availability. It was a two-day camp, and uh, we had the first day we were allowed to watch uh, – it was about a half an hour – uh, practice. We uh, were a little late getting into it, and it was indoors, I should say. It rained in Philadelphia. It was a horrible day uh, on the Friday leading into Mother's Day weekend. So uh, we were, but we were inside the bubble, which, you know, when you're inside the bubble, you can kind of have a better view of every group, although the linebackers were kind of far, far off uh, to the field. But, you know, we saw Carson Strong throw. Um, you know, he looked pretty good. These pass catchers they brought in looked like they were catching everything. Uh, of course, you know, that's what you're supposed to do in rookie camp when you're running against air. We weren't allowed to stay in there for the seven on seven stuff or any team drills that they had. But we did watch a lot of the individual stuff. And then, you know, they ushered us out. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, it was only that one glimpse that we had. Uh, and that was inside the bubble. Uh, but we were late getting in because we had an off the record session with Howie Roseman. And, uh, you know, we, we talked a lot about, you know, some different things. Uh, that were interesting, uh, a lot of scouting stuff. Um, but uh, so we were late. We were a few minutes late getting into the bubble practice that already started. But, you know, Howie was talking to us off the record. So, um, you know, it, it was cool, though. It was cool to see these guys running around, you know, trying to familiarize yourself. That's with what I was going to ask. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you if anybody yeah. caught your eye. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, Carson Strong looked like he threw a pretty nice ball and he threw – you know, kind of on the run a little bit out to his right. You know, he's not the most mobile guy. He's had some knee injuries. So he's going to kind of be, you know, certainly a, a drop back and get rid of a type passer. Um, but, you know, I think he could do enough to maybe unseat um, Reed Sinet as the kind of developmental quarterback, your third quarterback. Um, 
but we'll see. But the Eagles liked him enough to throw, you know, over $300,000 his way in guaranteed money, uh, which is a lot of money. I mean, some seventh round picks don't even get that. So they gave a lot of money to Carson Strong to come here. Uh, so they're going to give him every chance to show what he can do. Uh, but, you know, those injuries are a big concern with Carson Strong. If he can't show that he's put those behind him, then he won't be here long. But, you know, he kind of stood out a little bit. Um, you know, and I, I have, I have the, the roster here that they handed out. Uh, it's always tough to tell in the in the defensive back drills who's flashing because they're just kind of backpedaling and then turning uh, and then catching a pass. So from what I saw from one clip, though, this is just one clip. Mario Goodrich yeah. looks stiff. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard to tell. I mean, you know, he's a big, long, rangy guy, and maybe, you know, he's just not, you know, up to speed on what they want him to do. I don't know. There's all different stages of learning at this thing. I mean, I know he's a Clemson guy, and he should come in well-prepared. But, uh, again, there could be factors for that. Um, you right. know, they haven't cut anybody coming out of it. He's still no, he's no. still with them. But, you know, I – I like some of these pass catchers and some of them were tryout guys. They haven't signed yet. They were just in for the weekend, but there was a kid from, uh, from Yale of all places, a little five, nine hundred and seventy six pound kid, Melvin Rouse, who, you know, just seemed to be flying all over the field, uh, catching everything that was thrown to him high, low, wherever it was. I mean, he was just making catches. Now nobody was guarding him, but you know, he, he was really fast and he caught everything and, uh, I just remember looking and saying, hey, who's this number 13? And it's this kid, Melvin Rouse from Yale. Of all Melvin Rouse, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, that well, is your next kick returner and putt returner. <laughs> it, they have some good be. options. That they have some, though. They have some good options for guys, that unhailed guys, to take over for this job. Yeah, Britton Covey's one, the guy from Utah. I mean, uh, you know, they weren't doing any kick return drills. We didn't see who was back there during the, you know, the short time we were able to watch practice, but, you know, Britton Covey's a guy who has done it. Uh, and if you want to take a roster spot on a guy that you think can fill that role as well as possibly be a, you know, a wide receiver for five or six plays a game on game day, then, you know, maybe it's Britton Covey or maybe it's this Melvin Rouse from Yale. I don't know how much kick return work he has, uh, you know, in his background, but, you know, he certainly looked fast to me and he was good at handling the football. So, um, you know, but they, there is going to be competition, I would think, for that spot. Britton Covey's one, um, one guy that certainly to me has the leg up on the competition. But, uh, you know, I didn't get to see him return kicks. I'm just looking through my list here. Um, you know, Josh, I, ask you, I think, uh, no, go ahead. sorry, go keep going. Keep yeah, going. no, uh, Josh Joby, Job, I guess it is from Alabama. He didn't practice, I think he had some turf toe surgery recently, so you know, he wasn't practicing. He's a cornerback. Mm -hmm. um but uh you know the the eagles brought in a lot of defensive backs uh there are 42 players listed on the roster and 11 of them are defensive backs and i asked nick sirianni we had him on on that friday as well i said should we read anything into you know having that many uh defensive backs you know in camp should we read anything into any concerns that you have at the cornerback two spot behind slay and you know, he said that, and it was a good answer. He just said, you know, we need guys to fill out our seven and seven work. You know, we don't want guys, they're not in football shape. We don't want guys to overextend themselves. So we need two guys back there covering all the time in our team drills. And so we need bodies. So they brought in a lot of bodies for that purpose. But certainly they're going to look at every single one of them. They're going to study the tape. And if they see something they like, then they'll give them the opportunity, uh, you know, this summer. 
Well, he gave Mario Goodrich all that money for a reason, too. I think it was, what, 217000 guaranteed? Yeah, sounds right. So, so, I mean, they clearly like him more than just needing those bodies around. But it is a good answer. I mean, I understand that as well. But, you know, I think a lot of people are, you know, looking at the Lennon Dickerson situation last year and wondering if it could happen again, especially with Nate Herbig uh, heading to the New York Jets after being waived by the Eagles this past week. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen this time around, though, because I think you're already having a, a – Leonard Dickerson played multiple positions on the offensive line. You're having a tight end convert to playing center already as is. Uh, I don't think you want to overload this type of player that Cam Driggins is. Am I correct in thinking that, or what do you think? Is it possible you see him at right guard this year? Well, I think, you know, Jeff Statlin will get a hold of him and try to mold him into being able to play guard. I don't think he's going to take anybody's job away, but I think he could be in the mix to, you know, get some reps maybe in a game at some point, certainly play there in the preseason. Uh, because, you know, and Jason Kelsey said this, you know, young players nowadays, you have to come in and you have to learn other positions. You just can't be a center or be a tackler. You have to learn how to play every spot on that offensive line. And for him, it makes sense to cross train him at guard. Who knows if he'll ever get it. You know, Kelsey was asked, you know, if he can remember playing any guard. And he said, you know, he played two snaps at guard early in his career and he gave up a sack to Jason Pierre Paul on one of them. So he's like, that was probably the end of his run at guard. So, <laughs> so you know, he, he was a center from that point forward. And you could see that with Cam Cam Jurgens as well. You know, maybe he'll uh he won't get it. And you know, we've saw Andre Dillard try to switch from left tackle to right tackle, and he just didn't get that either. So, you know, you want guys to be able to it helps their value. It helps them stay on rosters longer if you can cross train. Look at Nate Herbig. He you know, he can play guard center. He wasn't on the market long when the Eagles cut him. The Jets swooped in and, and took him right away. And, um, you know, they were, I think, fourth in line in the, you know, in the, in the claiming order. So, you know, he didn't last long, Nate Herbig, on the waiver wire. The Jets were on him. So it gives more value and more flexibility. And if Jurgens can learn how to do it, you know, that just brings more value to him. Um it gets him on the field in a professional game when the stakes are high quicker than having to wait for him and, and writing this off as a red shirt year with the hope that Kelsey retires. Nobody hopes Kelsey retires, but if you're him, you know, you want to get on the field as soon as you can. And this might be his best way to do that is to really take a crash course on how to play guard. And I expect to see it. I think we'll see him at guard once we're, you know, able to get out and see more of these practices you know, uh, they're not really having too many OTAs. I can't imagine we're going to see more than one or two practices this spring. Um, but, you know, obviously once training camp hits, you know, we'll be out there every day and we'll be able to see exactly uh, how much work he's getting at guard. But, uh, yeah, to me, if you look at, you know, the impact this rookie class will make, I would put him probably, you know, probably at the bottom of the list just because, you know, he's not going to be playing the position they drafted him to play. Um, and they are so loaded at the offensive line position that it's going to be hard for him to find any reps in a meaningful game. Um, so, you know, the five guys, he's probably the fifth guy that I would expect to have an impact uh, as a rookie. Yeah, I think that's a great point, though, about originally what you said about Jeff Stalin and trying to cost stream because that's what they really do. If you're not on the field for the Eagles as a starting offensive lineman, you better learn multiple positions so that if you're called upon, especially with the injuries that they have along the offensive line over these last couple of years we need you at a certain spot so i agree with you i think they will cross train him obviously but i don't think that's the best thing for his development to do to him to put him at a different spot yeah unless it's yeah. obviously emergency 
Right. And Sirianni said that that same thing. Like, you know, we drafted Dickerson. He had the C next to his name, but, you know, he, he got moved to guard and now he's a guard. You know, I don't think we'll see Dickerson play center at all in his career. He's going to be the starting guard. And even how he said, you know, they love that left side of the line where now you have these two mammoth guys and Jordan Milata and Landon Dickerson just kind of paving the way in the run game and, you know, standing tall in the pass game. I mean, Dickerson can get better in the pass game, and I expect he'll take that jump from year one to year two, but he's a guard. He's not a center anymore. So, you know, they drafted Jurgens with a C next to his name for center. You know, who knows? Maybe he takes over for Ciamalo when the Eagles have to find another center next year, and you have Jurgens and Dickerson as your, as your guards going forward. I doubt it, but, you know, I didn't think Dickerson would start out as a guard and stay at guard as a rookie True. either. So. Stranger things have happened. That's absolutely true. And then Kyron Johnson, I think, is, yeah, in my opinion, what they're hoping for is to be an upgrade over Patrick Johnson, maybe. Because uh, yeah. I think Patrick Johnson, you know, made the team originally. But I think, you know, in his situations where they took Gennard Avery off the field and they replaced him with Gennard Avery, it was still a little bit the same. They weren't getting production. Uh, I think Kyron Johnson, like you're talking about with multiple different fronts, you know, when you're looking at an edge rusher to pair alongside Hassan Reddick, uh, if it's not Josh Sweat, it's not Brandon Graham, if it's not uh, anybody else, Kyron Johnson could fit into that role. And I know John wrote this great piece about him becoming a special teams core player as well. And that's special teams is just as important. So yeah. I think Kyron Johnson has more of a chance to make an impact, like you're saying, than Cam Driggins as well. Yeah. I mean, that's how Kyron Johnson's going to make this team initially if he makes the team. Um, you know, we were kidding in the media house about, you know, putting together a mock practice squad already, you know, because we have all these mock drafts. So we were saying, hey, let's put together a mock practice squad with some of these guys. But, um, you know, I if he makes a team, <clears throat> excuse me, it's going to be special teams initially. But, he, you know, you watch film of him, and, man, he's explosive off the edge. He can do things with his hands, violent things with his hands, and, uh, you know, push guys backwards and, uh, he, he's he's better than he looks, I think, when you look at his size. Uh, but he'll be a special teams guy. And the Eagles special teams were nothing special last year. Let's face it. They, no. they gave up some pretty good yards in the return game. Didn't do much in their own return game. But, you know, they, they have to get better. And Kyron Johnson, I think, makes them better. Him and Sean Bradley, um, you know, on those special teams units, and maybe Britton Covey returning punts makes them better. I completely agree. Are there any undrafted free agents that I know it's early? This is way early to ask this question, but are there any undrafted free agents off the top of your head that you think have a good chance to make the roster after already seeing what you saw? Uh, yeah, I think Noah Elise or Ellis, however you say that, the nose tackle from Idaho, I think he's got a really good shot. He's similar in size to Jordan Davis, uh, not as quite as tall, I think, Ellis or Elise. I got to figure out how to say that. Uh, I think it's Ellis, though. I think you got it right. I think it is Ellis. He's got two S's on the end, so I don't know. I don't know what that means. But um, yeah, I, you know, he's six four, you know, three sixty, which you know, Jordan Davis is six six, like three forty five. But you know, this defense, like I mentioned earlier, they're going to want to play multiple fronts. And I think if you're looking for someone to back up Davis, I think Noah Ellis kind of fits that role. Um, and they want to have a guy over the center and, and, you know, your three front looks, uh, three man front looks. So I think he's got a good shot to make this roster. I agree. Um, you know, he's one, we talked about Britton Covey. I think he's got a good shot. So that's two. And, 
you know, maybe Carson Strong can unseat Reed Sinet if his health is good and that, and that's three. Um, but this was a strong undrafted group of free agents, not just for the Eagles, but, you know, for every team in the league uh, because of that COVID year that the NCAA gave players an extra year of eligibility uh, after their 2020 se season was impacted. So, you know, there's there's a lot of guys that were available after the draft that had draft grades on them and they just didn't get drafted. So it's a good group. And I think the Eagles have some good ones in here. Um, you know, I, I like, and I'm not sure he'll make the team, but someone to keep an eye on for me is this kid named Ali Fayad, who came from Western Michigan, who was the mm. uh, Mac defensive player of the year. You know, they're listing him at linebacker. He's another one like in the Kyron Johnson mold who can, uh, you know, a little undersized, but fast. 13 uh, sacks. Quick off the line. Yeah, I think 13 last year, 23 in his career. Older player. That's probably why he didn't get drafted. Um, played at Western Michigan for five years. So, I mean, he's a guy that because they didn't draft an edge rusher, you know, he could maybe find a role on this team somewhere. Um you know, so so we'll see. Ali Fayed, somebody to me that could bear watching. Um, and we all like height, right? We saw John Harar from Penn State. Yeah. You know, the basketball team at Penn State mm -hmm. trying to come in and play That's tight end. He was on a tryout basis. They haven't signed him, um, but they also haven't had their first mini camp, or I'm sorry, their first OTA. Um, so if any of these tryout guys are going to be signed, it's going to be probably another week or two before we see them signed. But, you know, he's certainly some to, somebody to watch at tight end. Um, you know, I haven't mentioned one of these corners yet because I think Mario Goodrich, is, you know, his salary would make you think that yeah. he has, he's getting a little bit favored. But Joshua Job, I think, is my favorite of the undrafted yeah. free agents other than Carson Strong to make the team. And Kennedy yeah. Brooks. I can't forget Kennedy Brooks. Yeah, Kennedy Brooks. So hard to tell with the running backs. Like, you know, you're familiar with this drill Jamal Singleton does, the running back coach. You've probably seen it in a camp last year where, you know, he has the, the ball attached to a string and he pulls on it as they're doing the side. Oh, yeah. Field. You brought that up on the pod last year, actually. That's that's where we learned it from. But, yeah, go ahead. Both guys they had, Jerry Howard, I think his name was, from uh, Towson, um, and – Kenny Kennedy Brooks were doing it. And the first time they went through it, he pulled the ball and the ball popped out like complete fun. They were, had no idea what they were doing uh, running that drill, but then they got better at it the more they did it. But yeah, Kennedy Brooks could be somebody, you know, that might be able to help them. He doesn't do anything real special, but you know, he's a grinder. He can, he can, he can run between the tackles. Um, bigger it reminds guy. me of like, you know, of a former Oklahoma back. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. But it's, it's, there's a, there's a reason for this. He reminds me of former Oklahoma back Sam J. Perrine, um, yeah. who actually Singleton coached in Cincinnati. So if he does play up to that level of that role, I think he has a role in this backfield. I mean, if, I think there's a role for him in this backfield, especially with Singleton as running back coach, who, by the way, folks, for fans that, you know, loved, 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 wanted to give Duce the head coaching job, uh, they hit a home run replacing him at running back coach with Jamal Singleton. Like, hats off to him last year. Boston Scott, seven touchdowns. Kenny Gainwell is a rookie, missing the whole last season. I mean, excuse me, the season prior uh, to due to COVID. Seven touchdowns getting back into football. Like, Jamal Singleton, great running back coach the Eagles got right there, man. I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah, he, he really is. Uh, you know, I like the drills that he puts these guys through. 
Um, but here's another name I'll throw out at you too. You mentioned Joshua Job, who didn't practice because I think it was a turf toe. Mm-hmm. Um, so he didn't participate in the camp, but you know, maybe he's a guy that you keep an eye on as well. Um, but a guy I like that might have a shot just because the safety position isn't really, you know, as deep as maybe you'd like it is Reed Blankenship, uh, a kid from middle Tennessee state. He's got good size, six, one, 203 pounds. Um, he's on the he, right track, Ed. Cause yeah. want to why? Uh, why? He's starting off that Quentin Michael phase where he takes number 46 to start off with. <laughs> telling you man yeah, there's right. something to I like, it I, I like the logical path there yeah um but you know he could be somebody that is is factored in i'm just looking at sizes good good rich they listed at six foot 176 pretty good length they like to have that length in their corners um joshua job is 511 182 uh and another one that got a lot of acclaim the kid from duke josh blackwell is 511 183 so basically him and job are the same size and goodrich is you know, height-wise, a little taller, but not as heavy, a little leaner. Um, so, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see because they haven't signed anybody. I know James Bradbury's out there, and that's a name that's been kicked around. You know, the Giants cut him, and it sure makes sense to come to Philadelphia and play for the Eagles, playing against the Giants twice a year, a little revenge uh, juice for him. Uh, you know, we can get into that discussion now if you'd like because that was sure. going to be one of our topics is yeah. if – if the Eagles are going to sign James Bradbury or not, if that's somebody they would be interested in. And I think, you know, I, I tweeted this out, which is going to be now yesterday when this, this episode airs, but I tweeted out, man, the guy gave up eight touchdowns last year, man. Like rejuvenate your market, whatever these teams are. I mean, he, the, the giants were in talks with the chiefs and the Texans for a trade of Bradbury. The chiefs have gone the Lonnie Johnson route now. So I think they're out of it. The Texans may, you know, be interested. The Raiders with Patrick Graham last year as the defense coordinator may be interested, and they haven't replaced Casey Hayward yet. Their cornerback one last year who went to uh, Atlanta. But if I'm Bradbury, I'm saying, yo, I was at Carolina. I had some great years. Then one bad year because Rivera changed the system. And then I go, you know, turn up again, have a great season under a new system, and then I cash in with the Giants. Now, the Giants have fallen apart. They're going into a new system. They don't want me a part of it. They're releasing me from my huge contract that I had. What's the best option for me to get another huge contract? Because it's not going to happen right now. Nobody's going to pay him huge money coming off an eight-touchdown giving up season where he had a 100 passer rating and five penalties called. Nobody's mm-hmm. doing that. Nobody's doing that. They're going to give him a deal that they think is, hey, prove yourself. So what better place to prove yourself to at least – rejuvenate your market, make your game a little bit better than going to a secondary that has their cornerback one settled. One of the best corners in the game, to be honest with you, if you want to look at the stats. And then one of the better nickel corners last year in Avante Maddox, what better secondary to go to? You know, that's where if I'm James Bradbury, that's where I'm looking at the opportunity to make more money. What's going to make me more money? Because at this point in the offseason, you're Steven Nelson. You're you're that one-year guy that's going to stay on that one-year deal to be a corner for a team. You better put yourself in the best situation. I think Philadelphia Eagles is of the interested parties, the best situation for him. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. I mean, you know, I, I think that makes plenty of sense. Uh, rejuvenate your career. Work for Steve Nelson, right? He signed a one-year. Um, Cashed in with the Texans now. Three million dollar deal last year to play for the Eagles, and now he earned a two-year, ten million dollar deal with the Texans. So, paid off for him. There's no reason why it wouldn't be able to pay off for Bradbury. 
he'll have some balls thrown his way because the other side you have Darius Slay and not too many quarterbacks are going to test him that often. So, you know, Bradbury's going to have the opportunity to show that, hey, I can still play this game. I'm only 28 years old. Um, you know, sure, I'll take a one-year deal. I don't think he'll come for $3 million. He's a better player than Steve Nelson. But, you know, if you're the Eagles, and I don't know what they have on the cap because I haven't seen the full structure of A.J. Brown's contract yet. Um, I don't know if it's out there, but I haven't seen it. Uh, so I'm not 100 percent sure. His first couple of years are low. Yeah, I would. I think they're supposed to be pretty low because it's an extension. So technically I just remember the last the last year of it was in the 30 million. So I know the first couple of years are low. Yeah, I, yeah, that that would make sense. So you know they might only have a you know a few million to spend. They've already signed you know Jordan Davis. Uh, you know they signed a couple of their picks already. Uh, Kyron Johnson, I think Grant Calcaterra have signed. Um, so they've gotten that out of the way. And again, I haven't seen an updated cap, but listen, Howie Roseman could spread that cap out. If you sign him to say one year, $10 million, you could spread that 10 million out over the next couple of years. Why not? He does it with everybody else. You know, they lead, you know, they're one of the top five teams in dead money hits. It was voidable years. His yeah, favorite yeah. term is voidable years. Yeah. So, you know, you could spread that financial pain out, have a little bit more money next year uh, in the salary cap. It's expected to rise from 208 million up into the 230 millions. So, uh, you know, you can have money, but this year you got to spread it out a little bit. And it sure makes sense. If he, if he wants to come on a one year deal and why wouldn't he, you've talked about why, and I think you made great points, then, then do it. Come on, let's go. Let's go to work. It's time to work. Let's not wait till July. Like Steve Nelson did. Let's come in now uh, and work with Slay, work with this defense, Denard Wilson, uh, I think he played in Gannon's system when he was in Tennessee, uh, uh, you know, when, when Gannon was in Tennessee and, uh, and, and uh, I'm sorry, Carolina. Yeah. He wouldn't have played with Gannon, but um, no. yeah. That, yeah. I, I could, for some reason, I always think Bradbury is as a Titan, but he was with the Panthers. Um, but yeah. I, he's going to sign with the Titans so. tomorrow, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that, but uh, you know, it makes a heck of a lot of sense, at least from where we're sitting. Right. I mean, uh, you know, he did, he did give up eight touchdowns last year. He's not some, you know, uh, Richard Sherman or, you know, anybody like that. But he's good, and he would certainly uh, help this defense to just plug him right in. But, you know, the Eagles have talked all offseason about this this group of cornerbacks they want to see step right. up. And, and maybe they're sincere about that. Maybe they're not going to jump on Bradbury now, and they're just going to wait and see how it plays out with these other Corners, you know, the Mac McCain's and the Zach McPherson's, Carrie Vincent, uh, Tay Gowans of the world, see if they can separate themselves. And then maybe we see a deal in, in the training camp, uh, maybe a trade. But listen, if I'm Howie, I'm, I'm couching that bet, man. I, I'm, I'm going to go with James Bradbury and uh, bring him on board and let these younger corners continue to develop. My thing is the A.J. Brown trade had to change the whole trajectory of your team. Yeah. I mean, you have the 30th ranked uh toughest schedule at next year this upcoming season uh your division got worse amari cooper being gone in dallas look what happened with Dak prior to amari cooper's arrival it's gonna it's gonna impact him in some shape or form uh this time around as well look at washington's gonna try their thing with carson wentz the giants i mean they have a whole new coaching staff they're trying to implement after the joe judge horrible era you've made this trade for aj brown you pretty much just asserted yourself as in the conversation for the NFC's favorites. Yeah. So instead of sitting back, you know, you added some very impactful players. You added this Hassan Reddick at one of your major needs. You've added these two rookies 
they're going to be huge for your team along the defensive line and the linebacker unit uh, that are going to make day one impacts for your team on defense that you didn't expect to always get from a draft. You got it. You got it. You got it in a big way also with A.J. Brown. The whole trajectory of this team changed these last two weeks. Go yeah. make that move for James Bradbury. Take advantage of this window that you just opened up for yourself and make sure you're set at as many positions as possible because that amount of time that it took to get Ronald Darby when you're making that Super Bowl year could be the time that you need to make sure that your safety position shirt up. So mm-hmm. don't spend all this time saying, let's let it play out for corner. Let's let it play out for corner because by the time the season rolls around, you're thinking we're not set at corner. And we're also not set at safety. So that's a lot of stuff to do at once. And you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to get it done, especially with all these flurry of moves that's going to be happening during the preseason time uh, with cuts and waiver wire pickups and whatnot. So go ahead and get this deal done now, which, by the way, it has been reported that the Eagles are interested in, in Bradbury, that they're one of the teams that are interested. Go ahead and get this done now. Show him the situation that he's entering. Show him that he's got the edge rushers he's going to need. The defensive line he's going to be able to take advantage of. And the corners that he's going to need alongside of him. Uh, to thrive and get this thing going. So by the time you're in training camp and you're the third week into training camp and you're saying, you know, other than Marcus Epps and Anthony Harris, we're not really set there. Let's make that big, you know, Ronald Darby type trade to get that safety position. So we don't have to worry about corner because you can't do all those things at once. You're not going to fill every hole every offseason, but with the way that this team is assembled now, you want to take advantage of that window you opened up. And I say, go ahead and go get Bradbury now. And I know I've been preaching otherwise on Twitter, because it's just why I feel the Eagles, what Ed is saying about them being sincere about the corners that they have on this team, I believe they're going to be. But I just think it's going to be a waste of time because they're going to get to the point where, like, these guys aren't it. Yeah. Like, these guys are not something that we can roll into the season to because that's what they do every year. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and get the guy now. Don't waste time because you're going to get to that point in training camp where you're going to realize that you're not set at safety either. And I think they're going to make some moves there as well. So don't jam pack those moves into one week because you're going to be not getting the, you're not going to have enough time to fill each position. You're not going to get the guys you want. So uh, I say go ahead and get it done now. Yep. Preaching to the choir. Absolutely. All right. All right, guys. We will see you again soon. Uh, again, thank you guys for tuning in weekly. We've been seeing an increase, big increase in our numbers lately and in, in views-wise, and we greatly appreciate it. Uh, we love that you guys are enjoying the content. Again, reach out to us. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts are the best way to get us to grow. The, that Doing that is the reason why more people are listening to us. So, again, we appreciate the support so much. Again, NFL, excuse me, si.com slash NFL slash Eagles for all of today's news on the Philadelphia Eagles. Straight from there, straight from Ed and John McMullen. Thank you guys for tuning in again. We'll see you guys soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.